0: Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode two hundred and sixty-three, and my name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Thank you so much for listening to the blogcast. On this show, I uh, I read you the blog and I play you a song that is usually related in some way. So, uh, yeah. So today's blog. Is uh, about a show, a television show called The Expanse, which is not a Spanish television show for a change. I just, I'm just shaking it up, writing about television, and it's not Spanish television, shocking as it may be. I am I am watching lots of Spanish television still. I recently finished watching uh, Morocco: Love in the Times of War, which I I knew about months ago but just couldn't face I was like I don't want to watch a war show well and it's like nurses at a red cross in Morocco in a war and I didn't for a while and then suddenly I did suddenly it was uh, it was exactly what I needed so um that was a fun one I almost wrote a thing about it and I might still we will see and now I'm into the cook of Castamar, which is uh what, it's such a period piece, like all of the Spanish TV, I think all of it, everything I've watched so far has been, you know, in the past, it's period, it's like from some time ago, but this one is super some time ago, this is like uh when a character's like, oh Bach, I love his music, it like feels like he, he's like the pop star down the street. It doesn't feel like, oh, that long ago time. Also, Farinelli is a character in the latest episode that I watched. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, when you have a, a, a castrato coming to visit the family, you know that the, that the story takes place a long time ago. Uh, so this one, but this one, the one this blog is about is, uh, it takes way place in the future. Way place. How do you like that? It takes way, way, way in the future. And, uh, it's actually sci-fi, which I, I don't normally get into. Um, but you know, I'd heard this show was really good. So gave it a try and, uh, there's some, I'll tell you about it. Here it is. It is called Actors Are Not So Replaceable. We were watching the fourth season of The Expanse, a show that takes place in the future where a lot of stuff happens in space. We call it Space Stress, as in, you up for watching some space stress? The woman in charge of Earth was on a space shuttle talking with a man who seemed to be an advisor of some sort, maybe a vice president or secretary of education. Who's that guy? We asked, since we'd never seen him before. Then the woman in charge of Earth, Christian Avasarala is the character's name, introduced him to someone as her husband. And we were like, what happened to her previous husband? Did he die? Have we taken a dramatic jump forward in time? Has so much time passed that her sweet husband died and she had time to remarry a younger busybody one? We were very confused since the show made absolutely no mention of what the deal was. It took looking up both the actors on IMDb and eventually finding an article about it to understand that they meant this guy to be the same character as the one before. He had the same name, the same backstory... It was supposed to be the same guy. They were pulling a thing that they do on soap operas where they just change actors without any reference to it. So one day, in the 80s, just for example, you could be watching the soap opera Santa Barbara, for example, because you really like Robin Wright's performance. And then, for example, suddenly her character has someone else's face. Yes, this happened. Yes. I'm glad she went on to do cooler things, but my middle school self is still mad about the sudden switch. In the case of The Expanse, this switcheroo happened because they'd been canceled on one network. And before they got picked up by Amazon, the actor playing the husband had another gig and was therefore unavailable. A challenge, for sure. But there are a myriad of other solutions to this problem, Why did they think it was better to try and fool us? The second guy appears to be at least 20 years younger than the first one. He is, he's a full 18 years younger. I looked him up, he's Gen X, and the previous guy was a boomer. There's a whole generation in between them. The wife was born the same year as the first guy. The new guy has an entirely different physique They dressed him differently, and, most frustratingly, they wrote him a completely different personality. The first husband wasn't around much on the show. He was a quiet presence who took care of their grandchildren and mostly offered love and support. He was the character the Earth Ruler would send away to keep safe. The new husband was always around, always chiming in or criticizing, and the grandchildren they'd both been so concerned about were nowhere to be seen. He'd be an interesting character on the show if he weren't supposed to be the previous guy. As a trusted advisor to Avasarala, he makes total sense. As her husband, he's baffling. And I spent much of this show... Distracted by it. When the husband complained that Avasarala had changed, I was like, her? Come on, man. It's you who's changed. You are a totally different person in every way. I just don't understand why this show, which is good in so many ways, went so far off the rails with this choice. They took us. To a whole new planet in a whole new galaxy. But they couldn't maintain one logical human relationship? Why? Why? They could have done this exact storyline if this guy was her gay best friend in an advisory role, for example. He could be her minister of new worlds, who we get to meet for the first time. They could have killed off the first husband if they wanted to, and he could have been her second. They could have told us her husband was taking care of their grandkids on some other planet for a while and let this whole dumb storyline go. But instead, they wrote an entirely new character in the place where a beloved old one was. Honestly, the husband... Had almost nothing to do in previous seasons, but he's such an extraordinary presence, we worried over him anyway. The new guy is a very good actor, but he's betrayed by the position they've put him in by having him do something so out of line from what we knew the first guy to do. This show doesn't do a great job of writing dialogue for personal relationships, Whenever the characters try to have a meaningful talk that isn't about space or interplanetary politics, it tends to get hilariously cliched and clumsy. Seeing how they seem to think one human can be exchanged with another without any hiccups helps me understand why those personal chats aren't as good as the rest of the show. They just aren't that interested in that human stuff. I mean, it's fine. We watch this show for its space stuff, its alien stuff, its future-gazing, interplanetary exploration stuff. Not the human stuff so much. However, it just would be nice if they realized that different actors are different people and allowed for the audience to experience people as consistent humans, They can do better. Unless maybe aliens are writing this show and they don't know the difference. Maybe to them, those two guys are exactly the same. In the eyes of an alien, we are all alike and infinitely replaceable. So I wrote this while we were watching season four of The Expanse. And now we've finished season five. And boy, did season five just suck. It was so... <laughs> uh, we, we looked up like reviews and we could find very few that could talk... I guess people just actually stopped caring about this show two seasons ago. But, uh, but yeah, boy, nobody wanted to talk about how bad it was because wow... We were joking at like it's like they thought like what is what makes this show great like okay it's this uh, this space stuff something called a proto molecule like alien technology like you know uh and then there's like this team of people like a you know like a like a group like a posse and like they make the show great like they're the ones who are traveling through space and they took away both those things for (laughs) season five and there was something else too i can't remember what we thought of like oh they just they they anyway i don't know i don't know it's uh and then one of the actors got Seriously Me Too, so they killed him off in the last, like, just suddenly in, uh, in the last episode of season five, which was a little bit shocking. But uh, after reading what happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that seemed like that was a good idea, actually. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I, if you're going to watch The Expanse, I would say just you can just s- skip season five if, you, if, you, if you're feeling... I mean, if you really, if you're really into it, then probably it's not going to stop you. Um, but woof. Uh, anyway, uh, the replacing of actors does, you know, get rid right under my skin as a sometime actor myself. Come on, <laughs> well, anyway, a whole generation between them. Come on. So, uh, uh, what what song will I give you? Inspired by this situation, and uh, I tried to think about songs about like, identity and "Who is that person?" And uh, "Who's that girl?" by Madonna came to mind, even though this character is not a girl. Uh, I feel that the second husband, well, he just seemed very gay. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with having a gay husband, uh, especially if you're gay. But if you're a, a, a lady and you have a husband who's gay, that, it's just like a different thing than the previous guy. It's a, it's a different vibe entirely, but it did make for a lot of jokes for us, because like, he'd be like, oh, I have to go do something. And we're like, oh, he's got to go to the club to see his boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, so, so I picked a Madonna song because, uh, the, the, the gay husband that I have in my mind, deaf and also he's Gen X, right? So of course he loves Madonna. So I've gone with who's that girl in a kind of a camp, uh, nod to the gay husband on the expanse. The other thing about this song that I find interesting once I sort of got into it is that... Uh I was a real Madonna head. I don't know what you call a, a Madonna kid, a real I was a real fan of Madonna as a, as a kid, as a middle school person, and I really thought that that period of my life was like really long, like years and years and years and years. And what I realized in learning who's that girl is that by the time Who's That Girl came out, I was no longer a huge Madonna fan because I did not have the album. I did not really know this song very well. Like, I, I, can, I, can, I can sing you every track from Like A Virgin, but like, Who's That Girl soundtrack? Mm-mm, I didn't even, I didn't even have it. And it was 1987. And if you'd asked me, oh, when did you stop, you know, like paying attention to Madonna, I would have said 1989, maybe, 90, something like that. But no, turns out that my Madonna years were pretty much just middle school. <laughs> so that was a very weird kind of reckoning with time for me, uh, yeah, I just, I, I was over Madonna by this time this song came out, and that was 1987. So, um, so yeah, I had to like really learn it because I, I, I hadn't paid that much attention to it at the time. Pretty much could only remember the, the hook, which is not even really a hook, I guess. The, the, the refrain, the title phrase was all I, all I could like pull up out of my memory. But I've learned it now for you, and I'm going to play it on the ukulele. And uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you like the podcast, tell someone about it. Like, review, subscribe—all the things. If you would like to support it with your dollars, we have Patreon.com/slash Emily R. Davis. There's also Kofi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. All support is much appreciated especially your ears listening to the podcast. So thank you for sticking with me. And uh, I hope that you enjoy Madonna's Who's That Girl? on Jesus. Up inside. He's spinning round and round. You can't get up, you try, but you can't Yeah.